This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. So do y'all remember the NBA draft? RJ Barry came out with that with that pink suit looking fresh. Um, or any formal wear that he wears for like tunnel walks or any other ev- events like that. These are all Indochino suits and blazers. So Indochino is the world's largest made-to-measure menswear brand. They make suits, shirts, coats, and more, and everything is made to your exact measurements for a great fit. RJ Barrett's brand new collection with Indochino just dropped. Featuring limited edition fabrics and jacket linings RJ helped pick out and design. Right now, you can get $30 off your total purchase of $399 or more at Indochino.com when entering Blue Wire at checkout. That's B-L-U-E-W-I-R-E. Plus, shipping is free. That's Indochino.com, promo code Blue Wire for $30 off your total purchase of $399 or more. Incredible deal for made-to-measure clothing. You really have no excuse anymore to wear clothing that doesn't fit. Blue Wire. John Gunner. Right elevates to three. What's good, George? Your boy Ant Wright here with another episode of Michigan State of Mind. I am your host. So, couple of uh, couple of tough losses for the state of Michigan. Um, Michigan going down to Louisville by fifteen, and then Michigan State um, going down to Duke by twelve. Uh, Michigan played at seven thirty, so let's so let's go over that game first, pretty uh, briefly here. So, um, I didn't I didn't see this coming. Um, if you've been watching Michigan the way that Michigan's been playing, um, you just didn't see this coming. You know they Michigan scored eighteen points in the first half, scored twenty five points in the second half. Um, those those are really, I believe those are the two lowest scoring halves all year long. Uh, I have to double check. Well, they had 25 against App State in the first half, um, but outside of that, outside of that, it's been uh, was it against App State had 25? No, 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 no. Appalachian State had 25. So based on everything that I'm looking at now. I believe 
Yeah, very, very easily. Very easily. No, those are the two lowest scoring halves that Michigan has had by far. This was very surprising to me. Um, because even though even though Michigan shot even though Michigan didn't shoot well, um I didn't I didn't expect this. I've seen some not complaints, but I've seen some excuses talking about their legs. Um, that's not an excuse. These are Division One basketball players. They have one of the best strength coaches in the country on staff. Um, they've had three hours, no, not three hours, three days of rest. They've been, they've been resting for three days. I know they were in the they were in Atlantis. I get that, but um, but to say that. You know their legs are tired. That's a com- com- that's a complete cop out. Uh, you are you know ranking aside. You know number one, number two, blah blah blah. Uh, I, I I like to have fun on Twitter with the polls and all that because it's just fun to me seeing how people can rank certain things. It's just funny to me. But um, you know ranking aside. You know, Louisville's going to be a tournament team. Uh, you can't go on the road against a tournament team um, and perform like that offensively. You just can't. You just can't do it. If you do, you're going to lose every single time pretty much. And I didn't see this coming because Michigan coming into this game, like, like they've been really, really good, really, really efficient. Like when I say really good, I mean you're like they're putting up elite numbers. Number two in the country, in the country, number two in the country at basically fifty-three percent from the field for the season as a team. So they were number two nationally. From three they shoot 42.4%. That's good for 10th nationally. Assists, they average around 17.5, roughly. That's good for 15th nationally. Look at points per game. 82.4 points per game is what they score. That's good for 24th nationally. Like, they're putting us really good numbers. And then they come out versus Louisville. You know, you're 24th in the country nationally. Averaging, what, 82, 83 points a game. You put up a 43 ball. 43. You are number two nationally from the field. Number two nationally, shooting from the field. In the country. You are roughly 53% on average for the year. And you put up 25.9% from the field. From three, you're 10th nationally, roughly 42%. From three. You put up 15%, 15, 16% against Louisville. 
you're you do not deserve to win that game. Fifteenth nationally with I believe it's seventeen assists, right? Seventeen point four assists is what you average, and you are fifteenth nationally. Six against Louisville. Six. You, it's it's impossible to win a game like that. And yeah, Michigan did miss shots. Um, there were some issues, and you know, me being a Michigan guy, I'm glad that they're all fixable. Um, I saw two or three things. So first thing is uh, Xavier Simpson, Louisville understood that if you take Xavier Simpson out of the game, if you pretty much just put your best defender on him, don't put your best defender on livers or all these other guys who are real pretty when it comes to comes to scoring. Simpson, I mean, he's the guy who really who really drives the offense and he creates points for so many people. I mean, if you look at if you look at the the uh, Gonzaga game, you know you're saying, well, he he only had 13 points. Yeah, he only had 13 points, but 13 assists to go with it. So he was responsible for another 26 to 39 points, not counting the buckets that led to free throws because the assists don't count for that. So some threes, some twos, let's call it 30, 32 points. So he's putting up another 30, 32 points just from his just from his assists. On top of his points, that's he's responsible for like 45 points. That was against Gonzaga. Louisville did a really nice job of he, you know, he's the head of the snake. He's the leader. He's the head of the snake. Um, Louisville did a really nice job guarding him and really making life difficult for him, keeping him out the paint. Uh, he did get to the paint quite a bit in the second half, um, but just throughout the game, just a rough time because when Simpson starts to drive and starts picking you apart with the drop-offs and the hook passes and the skip passes and hit shooters, he's really, really dangerous. He's really, really dangerous. And um, and Louisville did a really good job of containing him. They contained him with two things. They contained him with a very good and a very quick and disciplined on-ball defender. And their secondary help was very, very good. Whether that help came from a wing position or whether it came from the big, because Michigan loves to get into that ball screen action. Um, Louisville did a really nice job guarding him. And, you know, you start out the game going two for 17, uh, two for 15 from the field, 0 for 2 from 3. It's really hard to win on the road like that. And the issue is, you know, don't don't blame their legs. Don't blame their legs. Louisville did a really good job of shutting down Xavier Simpson. And I'll say the next thing that 
that happened was, um, you know, this isn't like a slight on anything that, you know, that Michigan's doing, but the offense is very, is very, very basic. Uh, the concepts are very, very basic. Um, you can sit on them very, very easily. There's very easy scouting actions right now for Michigan. Um, and I've said this before. It was, it was a little bit different in Atlantis because you play three games in a row. You know, North Carolina and Gonzaga, there's just really no way to prep. And Iowa State just simply wasn't good enough. Um, Louisville had a few days to really prep and see how Michigan was humming and to see how Michigan was, you know, getting to their stuff. Way too many times I saw ball up top and I saw three Louisville defenders who were guarding someone else. They didn't have to move. And they were literally turned towards the basketball. Like, they didn't even worry about where their guy was because their guy wasn't moving. Um, way too many times there, you know, there's there was much better movement, you know, towards the second half in, in the last uh, five, six minutes or so. But by, by that time, you know, we're playing catch-up and it's a little bit too late. But way too many times there were only – two people moving in a concept and there were three people kind of just standing still, just waiting around. Um, and just not enough movement. Um, easy to scout, you know, how that's fixed and how we can fix the Simpson thing. Um, more ball movement will help. Um, Initiating DeJulius some more. I'm not sure why DeJulius in the first half, why he didn't come in until under 10. When in Atlantis, he was in there within the first five, six minutes. So that substitution pattern was a bit was a bit interesting. Um, especially when especially when you know guys are used to certain stretches and bursts, and um, I don't really understand, you know, why that, you know, why that happened or why that went down. Um, but you have, you know, the concepts are, you know, there's just not enough movement right now to get the offense going because Louisville just sat literally on everything. Then there was like continued ISO, ISO, dribble, dribble, dribble aimlessly. Uh, it's it's going to be really hard to win games like that. It's going to be very, very hard. Uh, but that's, but that can be, but that can be fixed. And all of that is kind of tied into the whole Simpson thing because they really took Simpson out of the game and it left everyone else in a position where they really didn't know, you know, didn't really know what to do in that situation. But that's a part of the growth that you're going to see over time. And, um, and eventually they will, they will get there. They do have a quick turnaround here. Um, 
you know, fly back tonight, probably light practice tomorrow, and then, you know, a little bit of scout, and then practice on Thursday, heavy scout. Then you got a game on Friday against an Iowa team who has been playing pretty well and is coming off of, you know, a nice win on the road versus a, a pretty okay Syracuse team. And I do see this team growing. I see them I see them growing a lot. And these are things that 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 definitely can be fixed. You know, there's going to be ways where you can, you know, counter ag- aggressive teams one. You can still keep Simpson involved um, without having to com- completely go away from him. Uh, there's ways to make your basic concepts and offense a little bit harder to guard. And there's going to be ways to get more off the ball movement, so defensive defenses can't just, you know, you know, you know, ball watch a ton. Um, it's all about growth. Um, nothing to really worry about right now. Um, they they didn't get exposed. I've 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 seen that quite a bit. Let's face it, you're on the road. No first true road test. Um, first true road test for both the staff and for the players. So that's going to be interesting to see going forward. Um, simple, very simple fixes. You know, just got to keep, just got to keep that confidence because because right now, that's what this team needs. This team needs to keep that confidence. Uh, in order to, in order to just keep it going, man, um, they've had a very successful first seven games. You have to take that and throw it away, and you need to, you know, get right back at it and get and get right back to it and stay hungry. You know, you were ranked, you are ranked, great, you've done a great job, but uh, you haven't done anything yet. You know, you, you kind of got to get to the next step and next level of how to. Of just how to you know com- you know you know how you're you're gonna compete for a Big Ten championship, and then when the tournament comes, you know how are you gonna get to that second weekend, you know, and then from the second weekend, you know, win win two more games and you're in a Final Four. So little things like that, very very. I'm not gonna say it's a it's a quick fix, but it's all very very manageable. Um, Interesting minutes that I saw was uh, I think Franz Franz played uh, Franz played a lot. He played he played thirty minutes. Um, DeJulius played eighteen, which is he averaged you know about twenty two ish in in. Atlantis, you know, he had six straight games of registering at least nine points. Um, that wasn't the case. I thought getting him in the game a little bit earlier, especially in the first half when they were, you know, struggling, I thought that would have been a good thing because he could be a microwave off the bench. And uh, um, but I didn't see that. But they'll be okay. They'll be okay. Um, they have a few things to work on, all fixable issues. They just got to keep their, keep their, just keep their confidence and 
you know, you know, here's the adversity where true leaders, you know, you're returning a few guys who played in a national championship game. You know, this is where those upperclassmen come into play to be ready to come into to, you know, practice tomorrow, refocus, you know, and kind of do your thing. All right. So let's talk uh, let's talk Michigan State. So Michigan State ended up um, this shocked me. It shocked me. I thought Michigan State was going to win by seven. Um, and if you had watched Duke prior to this game, you probably would have thought the same thing, um, where they would have won by about three, four possessions. This was by far not even close. By far not even close. This was by far the best Duke has played all year. Like, not... Like, not even close. Not even close. All of their averages, um, you know, nationally, and just how they've been playing as a team. Like, like, like this dude, Javin Delare, like, he had the game of his life. He's never played this good. And, I, and, and I've watched a lot of Duke hoops. Javin Delare, like, that dude does not play like that. Joey Baker, I mean, this guy was redshirting last year, and then Coach K took his redshirt, and then he played like 18 to 20 minutes total for the rest of the season. And this guy, Joey Baker, I mean, his first double-digit game was last game against Winthrop, and he comes out with 11, 5 for 6 from the field. Then you got this, I mean, you have Trey Jones. He's out there like Trey Burke, just, you know, coming off picks, just shooting it, just, just, eh, killing it, eh. Hitting threes, you know, going 40% from three. Six for eight from the line. Like, like, you know, like these are numbers that just aren't, these, like, like he's career twenty seven percent three point shooter, and you know he comes out hits two for five, and these aren't like these offensive rebound kickouts or these like trail threes, the easiest threes in the game. These are threes that are like off the bounce, off a of screen, hitting shots. Well, this is this was one of his better games that he's played at Duke, and he didn't come out. He played all he played all forty minutes. Of this game. And then Vernon Carey Jr., good lord, man. I know um I know some of you guys have um have been you know paying attention and, and watching my watching my Louisville and you know and all my scouts and had the one for Louisville and Duke set up and I put that one out there. And um And Vernon Carey, you know, I, he was like he was he, like he's such he's such a good and he's so and he's such a mature player. Like he's such a mature player, and that's probably what's so underrated about him. He doesn't get too high. He doesn't get too low. 
uh, he remains even keeled, and he's just he's just a beast. He had 26 and 11, you know, three blocks. He came into the game his last five, his last five games, he was averaging 21 and 11 and three blocks. So I mean, it's, I mean, this is what he's been doing the last few games. So that really wasn't a surprise. What did kind of surprise me is um, is how Michigan State and how Izzo countered that, you know, he left Marcus Bingham on an island against him. And Tillman was, you know, were on these islands against him. And and poor Kithier, like, like Vernon, he just abused everyone that entire game. Like shooting just, like he would just get it, turn, and just use his muscle and then just lay it up. And that just seemed to happen over and over and over and over. I thought they were going to switch it up to where they're either going to fully front and force them to, you know, throw it over top. Um, I thought that they could have, you know, sent some double teams, whether it was from the ball handler or it was from the weak side block or, you know, same side corner. Um, I even thought that Michigan State could have applied a little bit of, like, of just pressure. I know it's like that's not what they do, but they could have applied a little bit of pressure, you know, to the guards, especially when Trey Jones let the ball go. When Trey Jones let the ball go, um, you know, they didn't really have another ball handler. You know, Matthew Hurts not a ball handler. Goldwire is okay, but he's not really a he wasn't really a threat. Uh, Jack White not a ball handler, not a, not a decision maker whatsoever. Um, I thought that, you know, they could have at least trapped Trey Jones just a little bit just to get the ball out of his hands. So when once he passed it, just straight up face guard him, don't let him get the ball back. And then make someone else have to have to, you know, post feed down to Vernon Carey. But when they get the ball, you want to be able to pressure them like crazy. So they're not thinking of getting the ball to Vernon Carey. They're worried about this guy who's breathing down their neck right now. So that was really interesting. Um, they just they didn't make adjustments in that regard. All they did was switch the body guarding him. They sent different types of bodies, but they all guarded him pretty much the same exact way. And um, and Vernon Carey literally just made them pay the entire game, the entire game. Um. And I I know you guys have seen the the video clip I posted from the live stream, and um, I mean it was you know funny at the time and all that, but um, you know Izzo can't really afford to to do that. Like I I know you wanted to, to you know take out Cassius to talk to him and settle him down because he was a little bit amped up. I understand that. But if you're gonna do that, push watch, push push Watts to the one. If you don't trust Watts, put in Arns and let Aaron Henry work the point just for the 60 seconds that you need to talk to Cassius. But in that in that time that Cassius 
subbed out. It was Michigan State was up five to four, right? And when Cassius came back in, Michigan State was down nine to five. Now, now I need to go back and check the timeline. Like I have to go back and check the uh, the timeline, but I think it was like a minute. Like a minute went by, and it was five zero pretty much right away. Hold on, let me see here. Yeah, it was it was I think it was five to four with eighteen forty four left. Subbed out like at seventeen twenty seven. So basically a minute in like twenty seconds, minute seventeen seconds, um five oh run just boom boom boom. Like I don't like like Michigan State fans talking to them, you know, they pretty much agree that you know they should have recruited a point guard in last class. But um you know, you know, now you have Cassius, his junior and senior year, where they're looking at, you know, when he comes out, what's gonna happen. You know, I still think you should go with Rocket Watts. I know he didn't have the best game. I know he struggled a bit, but but seriously, come on. Come on. Like, if you like took out Cassius just to tell him to just to tell him to calm down, Cassius sat for three seconds and then went right back to the table. Sat for three seconds, then went back to the table. In that time, it was a 5-0 run, super fast. And then from that, and then from that point on, then from that point on, um, let me see. Did did Michigan State lead again? I don't think so. Crazy how that works. So Marcus Bingham hits a three. Then it becomes. No, Duke was up four to two. Then Bingham hits a three to make it five to four. And then lay up to go up six to five. And then from that point on, six to five, turnover, lay up by Trey Jones, the foul, free throw, nine to five. Um, that lead is never recouped. It gets to nine seven and then 11 nine. And then that's all she wrote, pretty much. It gets. It gets to 15, 12, 17, 14. Once it gets to 17, 14, um, then it then it just starts to get out of hand. 
Xavier Tillman, I mean, Vernon Carey kind of, you know, he kind of stole the show, per se. But Xavier Tillman had a nice little game. A um, little bit overwhelmed still against, you know, Vernon, but he, but he did do his job. You know, he had, you know, 28, three assists, two steals, and two blocks. I mean, he played very, very hard. Nine for 14 from the field. He had a decent game. And Marcus Bingham did too. Um, you know, but people aren't going to look at Tillman having 20 and 8 or Marcus Bingham, you know, possibly what did he like tied his career high um, because Vernon Carey dropped, you know, 26 and 11, an efficient 26 and 11 and three blocks. Uh, Cassius struggled a bit. He was four for 14 and that's just a part of Trey Jones from Duke. Like his whole job is to make life hard for you. Um, but Cassius did, did struggle a bit. Um, but my biggest gripe, you know, watch struggle too, but my biggest gripe is, you know, Aaron Henry has to have more than two shot attempts, bro. Like, I don't know whose fault that is. I don't think he was guarded that tightly. But two shot attempts? Like, and did he piss off the coach? He he, he played 21 minutes. Like, what's going on with there? What's going on with that? I mean, you know... I would say Aaron Henry right now, I think long-term is still going to be Gabe, Gabe Brown once he's, once, once they, you know, get him out of his shell because he's really athletic and he can shoot the ball. But, you know, I think right now, you know, Aaron Henry is their best pro pros, pro prospect to have him play 21 minutes, two shot attempts zero shot attempts in the first half is a real problem. And I don't know if the staff is beefing with him and vice or vice versa. I don't know what's happening. I don't know what's going on. Uh, but that just can't happen. You know, people are saying that, you know, hey, I miss Goins and I miss McQuaid and all this stuff. You cannot – you cannot have one of your most talented players have only two shot attempts and he's playing 21 minutes. I don't know who that's on, but you're not going to win many games if Cassius Wilson has 12 on 14 shots and Aaron Henry has two total attempts. You're not going to win many games. And... I've I've had some you know, tweets. I've had some texts saying, "Hey, should I be worried about Michigan State?" I meaning you know in in general. Absolutely not. No, no. Because if you take a step back and you look at the schedule, Michigan State is five and three right now. But their next six games, the next six games are pretty are pretty juicy. You have Rutgers, Oakland, Northwestern, Eastern Michigan, Western Michigan, Illinois. I mean, 
those six games, you should win. And I'll put you at 11 and 3. Then you play Michigan. Um, they're at the Breslin. You know, that's, you know, who knows what happens in that game. But then you have Minnesota, Purdue, Wisconsin. Like, Big Ten's not that good this year. I mean, you can rack up a lot of freaking wins. You'll, you know, Michigan State only has five more ranked games left. They have Michigan twice, Maryland twice, Ohio State once. Only five more ranked games. Of the, what is this, 5, 10, 15, 20, 23. Of the next 23 games, five of them are, are against ranked teams. So that means that you have 18 games versus non-ranked opponents. Let's say you win 17 of them. Okay, you say you win 17 of them. Um, 17 of them, then you win three of the ranked ones. That's 20 wins. And you're 25 and what? 25 and 7, something like that? 25 and 7-ish? Yeah, so I mean... No, you have nothing to worry about. All you're, all you're playing for, you're not playing for an AP ranking. You know, in a nutshell, this game really didn't mean much. At the same time, um, it could affect seeding. So if you're looking at, you know, tournament teams, uh, you, you know, beat Seton Hall, lost to Kentucky, lost to Virginia Tech, lost to Duke. Not sure if Virginia Tech is, is going to be a tournament team or not. We'll see how they do in the. Uh, we'll see how they do in the in the uh, ACC. Um, but they have. But Virginia Tech plays Duke next, actually, this Friday. But if you look at their stuff, I mean, the downside about the Big Ten being a little bit down this year is that you really only have. Like auto bids, only five or six more games left because you only play Indiana once. And Indiana just had a really nice win over a number 17 ranked Florida State team. So, I mean, there's op- there's opportunity to rack up a lot of wins, but a lot more quality wins are kind of running out. Still, no reason to to panic, seeding may be impacted just a little bit, but you know goals are still there. You still have your, you, know, you still have your goals for a Big Ten championship. You still have your goals for good seeding in the NCAA's, and then from there, you know, Izzo's been to the Final Four eight or nine times. Um, so you, you know, all of your goals are still in front of you, and you know the Duke game. Like I said, not saying that it's pointless, but in the grand scheme of things, um, it's not that big of an impact. Just like the Michigan game versus Louisville, uh, not that huge of an impact. That's just that helps out the conference strength of schedule in terms of you know you know playing those games. You you love to win them, but you know unfortunately you can't win them all. Um, but yeah, coming up we have um, uh, let's see. On Sunday, Michigan State plays Rutgers, and then Michigan plays Iowa this Friday um, here at Chrysler at 630. So 
both are, you know, Rutgers is, I think Rutgers lost a pit today. Um, Michigan State should win that game. Iowa's been playing well. They just had a nice road win. That's going to be interesting. Um, Wieskamp's a good player. Um, the coach's son's a good player. They still have Bohan in there since like 2002. It's pretty unreal that he's still that you know he's still playing there. But um, it should be a very interesting week, and you know I'm really looking forward to it. But as you guys know. As you guys know, I love to save you guys money. So, you go on to SeatGeek, your very first purchase that you that you make from that app and website. If you use my promo code AntWright, you get twenty dollars off of your purchase. That's promo code AntWright. If you go on to SeatGeek, um, your first purchase, you get twenty dollars off. So, and that's to any game, concert, event, anything like that. So, thank you guys for listening in. I really appreciate it. I'll talk to you all soon.